I'm going to talk about several factors I think are going on. Um, the first one I think is irrelevant to spiritual life. People honestly believe that going to church is irrelevant to my spiritual life. People have been taught that my relationship with God consists that it's no belief that I have. Right? It's right. Born again, I believe in God. That's something that happens in front of me, right? So, if I go to church, if I don't go to church, why, why would that affect my salvation? It's all I need to do. Oh, is that even before that? Of course, that's what I'm thinking of. 
and if you know who to pray, you can never be Well, I want to go back to Peter. Um, I also believe the apostles are sent from God, and if they have authority, I think it's as much authority to teach from the teachings as it's from the I want to see what, from the very earliest days, what did Jesus mean to be for his followers? Who did Jesus mean to be? Why did God send him in the way he said, and what did he do for us today? Um, so tonight, I'm actually going to cover the whole book of Matthew, or Lord. It's going to be a whirlwind story. But I invite you to open your Bible to Matthew, and as I read through some pages here, I'm just going to, I'm not actually going to preach in the way I typically preach. I'm just going to restate what he's already said in the book. And hopefully, with your first idea, we'll gain sort of a, an understanding, if you will, of the topography of the book. The book is like, it lays out a vision that's like a letter. And sometimes if we read um, one verse or a couple verses, it's beautiful, it's like looking at the flowers. But if we back up a little farther, we actually see the letter of the land a little bit. And hopefully that can happen for us. Tomorrow morning, uh, Lord willing, um, I plan to then look at some um, implications from what we look at and maybe create some practical lessons. And then um, in the last session, hopefully I can look at um, the days ahead of the church, the glory and the person of Christ. So, I am ready to, uh, to start here. Um, can you read that? You can turn the lights off now. Um, the Gospel of Matthew reveals Jesus Christ as the Son of God and of God's people, or the Son of God's people, Israel, authorized by God to institute a new people of God, the church. The book begins, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, Son of Abraham. Jesus Christ is the Son of David. He is therefore heir of the promises made to David in his house, which God has promised to establish forever. Remember, God promised David, I will put your son upon the throne, and he will reign forever. Now, the kingdom will be no end. This promise cast on Jesus. Jesus was also the son of Abraham, whom God promised to make his children blessed, and the blessing of the whole earth and his saving people. So in Matthew chapter 3, and I'm not going to be reading any passage in Matthew, I'm going to read some of the chapters here. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, John the Baptist first in Christ as the judge of God's people. And John, remember, he comes out of the wilderness, he's got this leather girdle and this uh, coat made out of camel hair. He's been eating locusts and wild honey. He comes out and, and proclaims repentance because the kingdom of God is standing in the And the text in Matthew says that he's the wilderness prior, but he's by the prophet Isaiah. So John's account 
physical image from Abraham, in which the Jewish leaders thought it was separated by Peter. So the Jewish leaders were talking to the Jewish children of Abraham. John said, Then the act is laid to read the king. Whatever sin did not mean for a truth, therefore, um, will be cast down and tossed into the fire. And then John announces that one is coming after me, and two are not worthy to end And this person will thoroughly separate the wheat from the calf. The wheat he will gather into his barn, and the calf will cast into everlasting fire. And this person has authority from God to redefine who the people of God are. So the big question here who are the people of God? The line, the lineage of Abraham's physical lineage is severed and is to be reconfigured by this promise. Person who will come and judge righteously. Then in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus begins his ministry with the one of the God's promises. And Matthew is the book that has more prophetic record in than the other gospels. Um, it has a lot of prophecies that are listed from the Old Testament. Jesus, it says, is the promised light to those who dwell in darkness. So, those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them at the light shine. Jesus began to preach repentance in light, uh, sorry, because of the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. His message is actually in the John, the intent of the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of where is the kingdom of heaven? It is here. When is it coming? It is now. Moving on, then Jesus teaches his disciples in what we call the Sermon on the Describing who is chosen by God or who belongs to God. Jesus gives the interest requirement and the means of observing who is who in the kingdom. So, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, etc. These are the people upon whom God's favor is formed. You can sense being the people of God who seem to be defined here. Then Jesus also sets ethical and moral standards for the people of God. So it's not much of us from them of old time. If a person strikes you on the one cheek, you can strike him back from the other cheek. Um, you can lock on a woman as long as you know that she's going to be lost. No, not anymore. Or you can be angry with a better one and you can find that you don't really trust the people. Not anymore. Um, Jesus brings in a new, um, a higher level of, uh, of life. Jesus defines how God's people are to approach him and with what motive. Um, Jesus about um, Alms and prayer and fasting and doing this for our Father, which is in secret. 
And he will take the criteria for faithfulness and the final judgment of members of the community. So, here's how you are going to be judged. Judge not that you be judged. And um, then it ends with telling us that Jesus calls the authority and not let the scribe. Jesus chooses and sends out twelve apostles. And he sends them out to preach and teach and sing. And he gave them authority over unseen spirits, which are typically more powerful than humans. But the order was actually inverted. Jesus gave them power to cast out these demons, gave them authority to heal diseases. And he gave them mission specific instructions that marked them as his followers. He said, Don't take sandals, don't take a extra bag along with you or a staff, but um, wherever you go, um, you live on what people give you. Um, so he marked him uh, in the place as his followers. Now he's got to 11. John was in prison. He's sounding a little discouraged. And he asked Jesus, um, are you the one that was the first to come? Jesus said, yes. Jesus claimed God's authorization. Jesus claims the people from the prophets. And then Jesus teaches the crowd that has gathered. He asserts that God and himself are his own God's promise. He contrasts this with the children of the generation that said, he said, you're like the little children that say, um, we fight for you didn't get to be born and you didn't how it was going to and you didn't believe. Um, if you're choosing God and you have not coming to you But he says, um, God sent us. He just then pronounces words on the city that hadn't received John and then he just thanked God for trusting him with the revelation of the Father. He said, I thank you, Lord, that you have given these things from the wise and mighty and you can them to them. Um, because you are wise to do this. And then he just said, come to me, all you who labor, the Lord of the Sabbath. He was healing people on the Sabbath, and he was released to them. The Sabbath was the primary religious observance in the Jews. It was criticized in the law. And if you look at the book of Exodus, from God gave the law to Moses to be in the law, and then at the very end, God again said, before you keep the Sabbath. And he said, that is like the kingdom. And Jesus said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. I sometimes don't think we quite grasp the significance of some of these statements that they would have fallen on Jesus' ears in the first century. This is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
I'm going to stay and try to make a modern day comparison. I think we end up being free. Um, so then, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus defines the kingdom of heaven in parables. He calls the parables of a man finds a pearl in the field. He has a number of parables there that define the kingdom of heaven. He says, This is what it's about. I think that's a 16, and we heard this back in the season where I'm excited about that. We have some very few of us in the league that I've heard. So, Peter answered for the disciples that Jesus is the Christ. Um, Peter was actually going to put that in place with that. I was going to ask if anyone knows what Christ, the word Christ, means. The Greek word, which means one. It's a translated word. I think in one of the passages here, um, there's a passage that I think is referenced where it says, Jesus the Messiah. I know where it is. I know where it is. It's in John 8, chapter 2, where Andrew comes and tells his brother, Peter, I have found him who is the Messiah. That is to be interpreted the Christ. And the Messiah is the Jewish word for anointed one. And this means the one who has been anointed to be the king, who is now in power, who has a kingdom. And this is the Jewish expectation that God would anoint a ruler to lead the people. And he is going to deliver them from their enemies. He is going to cast down the crowd and raise the humble. He was going to initiate a kingdom where justice would be where the poor and the outcast would be cared for, where the laws would be just, where religious observances would be kept, where there would be a, just a lot of goodness, and where God would bless them, where God would bless his people, and the nations around would see and come to worship God. That was the vision for the Messiah. And Peter said, You are the Christ. You are the anointing on the God. And Jesus said, The people who will be from God, Peter, are in Christ. And he said, I promise I will build my church upon this rock. There's a bit of discussion about what we don't have time to get into that. But that rock definitely involves the claim that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus has this kingdom, that he has this power to um, lead the people of God into freedom, to redo the society of God's people or the, the social relationship. The nation of God's people, I don't know how you want to define this. Wherever God's people gather, however their lives are constructed, that where Jesus is Lord, there will be transformation in the way people live, in the way people communicate, in the way they care for the poor, in the way they structure their lives, the way they use their money, 
in every aspect of life where Jesus is Lord, these things will be under his power, under his lordship, and nothing will be able to stop that process. That is what the claim is here. You are Peter and on this rock. Christ's authority is actually resident in his apostles and in Peter personally. So Jesus says, I am delegating my authority to you with his kingdom. And then the church has power. He says, um, on this rock, I will build my church and Jesus will not be good all things to do. Now, um, the truth mechanisms or the bondages of hell will not be able to keep you. They will not be able to hold you. Um, you know, I think I grew up thinking that um, Satan didn't feel so
had a decline of power, and I don't know if you mentioned that any other man in the And he says, I will give you the keys. He turned the past of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you find on earth from the kingdom of heaven, whatever you lose on earth from the kingdom of heaven, Peter has possession of the authority of the kingdom. Jesus says, I'm going to be peace with you. The church is able to unlock to lock or unlock things that are impenetrable to anything else on earth. It's true that it's true. A key is a thing of a particular case that nothing else you put a key into a lock, you keep the strategy to turn the lock. And nothing else of, of a different state can turn the lock is a wonderful key. And that's what he's looking for with Christ. Where people really want to get things done, they tend to be army, they tend to be money, they tend to be other forms of coercion. Jesus said, I can use the key. God gives these other things to come over. We know that the Bible says that God gives them power to control evil. And yet, there's a whole story going on under the surface that God wants His people to do. God wants His people to take these keys and use them in the For real, practical, day to day problems and things to be unlocked and unlocked. And so, with the key, you can lock something and you still have to open it. You can unlock something. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. The church can bring together those parts, and the church can also separate things that are together. So, I'm not sure what types of locations to use, but when people think about particular things, they may not have another thing in mind. And the church can take these things and put them together. I don't even know if they can. How about marriage? And personal freedom. Does the world have them together? No. Specifically, no. The world has separated that. Once I get married, I lose my personal freedom. 
you have the power to bind them? I could go on and on, but um, also you can see things that the world puts together. It's normal for young men to mind. It's normal. Even Christians, I've heard say, you can't call me out for that. It's normal. I do it. Everybody does it. We know that everybody does it. Okay? Manhood and life are bound together almost in seven years in people's minds. Can you hear that? Can you take that apart? Yes. Jesus said you have the power to do that. Those are just a few old cases. Matthew 18, then, which is two more chapters later, Jesus directs his apostles to deal with sin in the church. There will be sin, there will be repentance in the church. The things that are happening in our society actually are no surprise to Jesus. He teaches these things. We'll keep it on. He teaches his own way. Is his disciples a process of addressing these things? First of all, to go alone. Second, to go with two or three. Lastly, with the church. And so the church in that scenario has the final authority. And Christ then repeats them the phrase of binding these things. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. It is recorded in heaven at this time. And the word of the church will carry in the judgment. You just put in my words. Now, I think you have to perfect that. If I, if I rephrase things a little wrong, I'm not going to have a conversation about that. These are my words. Um, it is those gathered in Jesus' name who have the authority to determine who is in or out. Church. I think we know this is going to be It has been done wrong. But the power that belongs to the gathered believers. Um, in Matthew 21, then we have the final entry. Jesus rides into Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecy of the coming kingdom. Now, a reading from Zechariah, where it says, Behold, the king comes lowly and on a colt. Jesus rode into Jerusalem to fulfill that prophecy. Jesus is identified as the son of David. They are shouting and saying, Who is the king? Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord and bears the son of David. Jesus claims authority over the temple. He calls it my house. Um, the temple also was a primary place of Jewish religion. The temple was very, very important. It was a central place for the nation. For um, offering sacrifices for people to come for a feast and music and services. Um, it was to be a gathering place. It was to be a place where God dwelt in the midst of these people. And he said, This is my house. 
the words he does wrong that we do. The Pharisees and scribes and teachers were extremely angry when he called them out. They understood his weakness. And then Jesus identified himself with God as he took his place. The children were there, they were praising him. Are you going to do something? And he said, No, I'm not going to do that. But then he prayed to me. That's the first time. And then he just tells them a parable. After he said that, he said, There was a senior on your prayer, and he said, He went on a long trip, and he got some service to check on his vineyard, and he was serving to take them away, and some were beaten. Like 
I'm going to have to talk about what he needs to talk about when he's along with all of us. And that's really good. He knew about all of that. He knew about all the false things and the false security. He knew about all the things from the past that he came in from the past. He knew about all of that. He tells what will happen in the time because how is heaven going to be taken? Now, I don't know how that is. Okay, you've heard these scriptures for real, so we're not really surprised, but when somebody else speaks in the and all of a sudden you start telling, you know, the sun is going to actually fall down. I always want to say you're a little bit outside of your subject, okay? It's right for you to talk to me about Whatever you see, loving my neighbor and being kind and just and being gentle. But when you start saying the planet, again, they're going to stop moving. The stars are going to go out. This actually is a power that involves cosmology, it involves the movement of the Korean physical universe. And he said, I know what's going to happen. When the Father orders this to happen, but He knows what will happen. He just is Lord over the universe. He gives us blessings and warnings to His people. Um, he um, talks about the um, the things He says. Learn a lesson from the kids to you. Any of the strength to come in and take out the need to make some of the people. So I'm giving you some hints, I'm giving you some signs, and you see these signs that happen. You know the place of the coming of the coming of the next When people start to fall away, when there are wars and rumors of wars, he said actually, with the wars, he said he ended up with that. So don't think that because there's a lot of war, he ended up with but yeah, but when you see a lot of these other things, false sites and false prophets, and a lot of people, even well-meaning people being deceived, you know that the time is near. And then he tells the story of the ten virgins about the five he didn't compare, and he, he reminds us to watch. He tells the parable of the talent, um, about the man who gave his servant some money and said, uh, so, so while these things are, are being considered, we're not supposed to um, just stay in this building um, and, and try to have a little commune here and not interact with anyone else in the, in the world because we're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting for this to happen. So you can watch out of out of the world, with the people that we have in our wall here, um, going on outside. And Jesus says, no, be not it. Because you are going to be able to know and all of a sudden you're going to disappear. You're right next to the guy who's going to do that. Um, so make sure to reach out. This is a positive message. We are being proactive or we are being um, among the people of the world, and yet you know that the testing is all around and you can do the peace. It's already here. 
There's a point that you can say, you know what? Jesus understands my capacity more than I do. He made me, and he told me to do this. And so you must intend that I can do it. And so you're going to accept this experience to see this guy. But I'm going to obey you, Jesus, and I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to just do this thing and have to have your way. Because I think I'm pretty careful. It has to be done. Jesus commands his followers to make disciples by proclaiming the gospel, teaching, and baptizing those who follow his name. Here again, Jesus turns our expectations on his head. And I feel like in Jesus, in that way, he's working. Like, I don't see all the people out there turning away from the gospel. What does Jesus say? He says, it's not a problem with him. That's what he says. Jesus really is the lead structure my assumption. He really, really confirms my assumption and says, I want you to listen to each other. There's a different reality here. And the command is to proclaim the gospel, teaching, and baptizing those who follow and last and be calm to you in the church of the Jews. I want to tell you, you guys have talked persecution for a bit. I don't actually quite know where to go with these things. But from what we talked about, I think the only safe way, the only way I can find out where to go is to do it together with the church. I don't think I can go off and into a super cubicle and write a book. Okay, uh, an 800-page book that would, that would actually tell you how to do these things. I think the way to figure this out is actually to be with God's people and talk about what we don't understand about this and submit ourselves to the process and say, Lord, help us. How are we going to do this thing? And make sure to do it. Now, God has given each of us practical gifts. Here's the thing. And so each of us has something to contribute in this process. What I think I would like to do here, I'd like to ask a few questions here. And maybe all it over. You can think about it. Um, 
majority of our people, but I think Until we find out that your business is so different from ours, you can't walk together with you, and then we'll let you to go in the direction. Or until we can find a way to work. See, the Bible says through common life, ways that bless our families, that bless our children, that empower young men and women to be the kind of leaders. And in ways that God wants our young people to be, um, ways that help us to realistically and in a good way resist the temptations of the world and the, the, the tsunami, that's what it's called, the tsunami of media and entertainment and all kinds of things that are speaking to us today. So our people have said, we're going to hang in there with you while you can do this job, and we're going to be part of the process of helping you do this job. Um, I just want to say there's, there's a lot of honesty among us. There's also rocky places, rocky roads, and places where we're going to um, So I come to question these people. People have left their church. I do not come with a model of church that says, this is how they have a church where people will not leave you. I don't know what the model is. I'm working on the model. So, tomorrow, I'm just going to ask some practical questions. Just say, give me what we see. How do we? Where do we go? What do we do? I got to pray through the word of prayer. Heavenly Father. We worship you for For sending your son to die for us and to leave us from our sins, to call us back from the ruin of our lives, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And we thank you that you have. Giving us the promise of the of your son, who is the one who is God. Lord, I pray in this day that you would raise up many more than you. Oh Lord, to teach and preach and disciple and admonish and love and serve your people and serve the world. Or show us how to be prepared. Father, kindle a love in our families, kindle a love in our children, and for one another. Father, I pray that you would take the thought, the, the wrongness of things we have done. Things we find with good intentions that aren't good enough. And help us, Lord, to let you feel those things, let you fix those things, let you put them under your Lord, we have a lot of a lot of little questions that we don't have the answers. Help us know what to do with those questions for our children. Help us know what to do with the communities here in the church, about our brothers and sisters. Help us know what to do about the people that have been hurt by us and left. 
Lord, I pray for the Christian I pray that you be with them, Lord. Cross them, Lord. Be with us in the rest of the world. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much.